Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Servant's Heart Chapel. I hope uh, this particular episode is a special blessing to you. So let's get right to it. So this Sunday we are starting a new um, series, a new book. I've been preaching through Acts for the past two years, and we finally finished that up. Wrapped it up last week. So we're going to um, one of the minor prophets by the name of Amos. It's in, towards the end of the Old Testament. Amos is uh, considered a minor prophet not because of any uh, not because of any um, he's lesser value than what's called the major prophets. Uh, the minor prophets are in the, in the Old Testament are called the minor prophets because their books are smaller. That's all. The major prophets have longer books. That's all it is. The prophets were in Israel thousands of years ago. God had called them to, to, to share his thoughts with the people of Israel. To let them know, hey, you're going the wrong direction. Most of the prophets, their lives did not end well. Most of them were killed rather br- brutally because of what they said. But nevertheless, God calls people up. Amos is one of them, and I believe what Amos had to say to the people of Israel almost 3,000 years ago still applies, really applies very much to what's going on in our country and in our communities. On Easter Sunday, 2013, uh, the southbound side of I-77 near North Carolina and the Virginia border was closed for hours following a massive chain of accidents. Police later reported that 17 different collisions involved 95 cars and trucks. The wrecks left three people dead and more than two dozen injured, many of them seriously The cause of the accidents was people driving into a thick fog. That had descended over the interstate that Sunday afternoon. The police spokesman said that visibility this time the accident was down to about 100 feet or less. They, They could only see about 100 feet ahead at best. But they continued to drive blindly forward and could not see the danger that they were barreling into until it was too late. Prudence reminds us to be on guard for danger, not just in the present, but in the future as well. Because of the way our minds work, we often tend to discount what may happen in the future simply because it hasn't happened yet. Oh yeah, I may get into an accident in the future, but it's not that real. I'm okay. I can go ahead and drive into the fog and not pay attention, not know where I'm going. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 12 says, A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. 
but the simple passed on and are punished. So a prudent man sees, oh, there's too much fog, there's a danger there, I'm going to pull over and be safe. But a number of people kept barreling through, resulting in many deaths and many injuries, completely unnecessary. Because they failed to heed the warning. They failed to see how dangerous the situation was. At the time of Amos, when he was alive, it was roughly 750 years before Jesus. So around 750 BC, Israel had split up into two separate kingdoms. You had the kingdom of Israel, that was the king was Jeroboam II, and the king of Judah was King Uzziah. And this was uh, about 150 years before the Israel was exiled to Babylon. You guys remember Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Oh, that, that's during the exile. So it's about 150 years before Daniel was even around yet. And so Amos, uh, God calls Amos to, to, to give the Lord's word. And let's see what... What that is. The words of Amos, who was one of the sheep herders from Tekoa when he saw regarding Israel in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah, and Jeroboam, king of Joseph. King of Israel, two years before the earthquake, the the uh, the the theme in in this book is judgment is coming. God's judgment is on its way. You guys ever hear the verse, "Judge now, uh, judge not, lest you be judged." Anybody ever heard that before? Judge not, lest you be judged. That's a completely misinterpreted verse. Judgment is, is passing a sentence upon someone. Judgment is not saying, hey buddy, you may not know this, but what you're doing is a sin according to God's word. That's not judgment. Judgment is the closest thing we have for, for judgment right now, what we hear a lot of, is telling somebody to go to hell. That's judgment. That's what the Bible tells us not to do. That's God's judgment. And, 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 and Amos is getting ready to tell them, look, God's judgment is coming. Verse 2, he said, the Lord roars from Zion. And he raised his voice from Jerusalem. Zion is another word for Jerusalem. And so God is, is roaring, shouting, trying to get your attention. C.S. Lewis once uh, wrote that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, 
but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Someone just yesterday asked me, why do we suffer? And there's a number of reasons why we suffer. But one of those reasons is God is trying to get your attention. If you are suffering, maybe God is trying to get your attention. Continue verse 2. The pastors of the shepherds mourn, or means to dry up, to, to wither, and the summit of karma withers. We're seeing things die. Verse 3, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Damascus for, for three crimes, even four. We're going to see this a lot, okay? Three crimes, even four. Three sins, even four. And, and that's a, an ancient literary device to infer continued disobedience. So they're saying, I've, I've, I'm, they're not only have sinned multiple times, they're continuing to sin in spite of what God is trying to tell them. Now this is, it says, I will not relent for pushing the masses three times even four because they threshed Gilead with iron sledges. You know what that is? They basically kill people by running them over with sleds. That's what they that's how cruel and brutal they were. And God notice see God takes notice of cruelty. Well at, at iron, the, the sleds are made of iron. Probably horses or oxen. Probably not. So they, they, they were cruel, cruel people. And he said, therefore, verse 4, Therefore I will send fire against Hazel's palace and I will consume Ben-Hadad's citadels. Hazel and Ben-Hadad were both kings of Syria. And they had, uh, they had no interest in serving God. In fact, Ben-Hadad Hadad was the Syrian god of, basically god of thunder like, like Thor. Hadad was a, god, a Syrian god of thunder, and, and this king had been named son of Hadad. So they were honoring false idols and false gods and, and they were cruel in their dealings with others. And God noticed that. Notice also that it will consume their, their, their walls of protection. God is going to consume that. Yeah. That's right. Verse 5. So I will break down the gates of Damascus. I will cut off the ruler from the valley of Avon, the one who wields the scepter from Bethlehem. 
The people of Aaron will be exiled to Kir. The Lord has spoken. This is judgment. These people were, were cruel and without mercy. Don't kid yourself. God will judge you if you lack mercy. I think there's, there, for each one of these judgments, we can take something away from it and apply it to our own lives. And in this case, I think we can say, say ourselves, self, don't kid yourself. God will judge you if you lack mercy. If you're, if you're unmerciful to somebody, if you're cruel to them, if you, if you talk trash to them, either in their face or behind their back, if you say things about them on social media, if you lie about them, if you disparage somebody, if you make it a point to hurt somebody, that is lacking mercy, and God will judge you for that. Then we get to verse 6. Now this next verse is, is all about uh, a place called Philistia. Philistia was really just a, a federation of kingdoms. The Bible talks a lot about the Philistines. They were all part of Philistia. But there was, there were several different kingdoms that made up of this. And, and, and Amos mentions quite a few of them. Uh, first, I will not relent. From punishing Gaza, that's one of the kingdoms, for three crimes, even four. We know what that means now. Because they exiled a whole community, handing them over to Edom. Therefore, I will set fire against the walls of Gaza and consume its citadels. I will cut off the ruler from Ashdod and the one who wields the scepter from Ashkelon. I will also turn my hand against Ekron and the remainder of the Philistines will perish. The Lord God has spoken. All these funny names, these are all places. These are all nations that have turned away from God and done evil. What sin did they commit? They exiled a whole community. They forced people out of their homes. They forced them into slavery. And maybe you're wondering how I can apply this Well, for one thing, slavery is still very much a part of this world. What we, what we think of as slavery is where you own somebody. That is still being utilized in Central and South America and Africa and in Asia. If you want to look at different forms of slavery, such as human trafficking and uh, I, I, sexual slavery, that is everywhere, including the U.S. No, not at all. No, slavery is when you force somebody to do your bidding. You put them in a position where they can't do anything. Missy and I just watched... Um, a, a, a YouTube video this morning on on uh, the sex trafficking going on in the U.S. and how uh, uh, 
pimps will will go online and and where they can see all the women that are in jail and they will start writing letters to them to start manipulate manipulating them come when you get out come stay with me i'll take care of you everything's going to be all right baby I love you so much. I can't wait to see you. All these things are writing to them. And, and, and these girls, a lot of them have been dealing with alcohol and drug addiction. And, and, the, the, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, they grew up in homes where they weren't loved. And, and man, someone's showing them affection. And then they continue to manipulate them. And then after they get out of jail, they, 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 they come with them and live with them. And then they start, start getting them to turn tricks. And, we, and, and then the girls feel trapped. They can't do anything. And we as Christians, we have a responsibility to stand where we can on that and do everything we can to impact that. Yeah, absolutely. We have responsibility. They sin by forcing people into slavery. Sin is slavery. Don't kid yourself if you coerce, if you encourage someone to, to go into slavery of sin, God will hold you accountable. You will be judged. I think that's what we see more often. Sinners don't like to see people do well. They don't like to see people follow after God. They want to drag everybody down with them. Children, don't let people who don't love God drag you down with them. You hear me? In the next 10 years, you all are going to be making decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life. You understand that? Next 10 years, you're all going to be making decisions that will affect the rest of your life. Yes? And you want to make good decisions. You can't what? Okay. That wasn't what I was talking about, but okay. Thanks for sharing. All right. Is tomorrow coming, by the way? She what? The babies? Okay. All right, let's go on to verse 9. The Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Tyre, which was a shipping port, in Phoenicia, so this really powerful city, uh, for three crimes, even four, because they handed over a whole community of exiles to Edom and broke a treaty of brotherhood. They were involved 
in the slave trade. They didn't steal people from their homes, but they they facilitated. They were happy to profit from it. Don't kid yourself. God will judge you if we if you participate in another's sin. I'm just going along with, with other people. It's easy for us to compartmentalize and say when we're in church, we put the church face on, right? Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I would never do anything bad. But when we're with our friends, or anybody who, who doesn't believe in God, it, it's really easy to go, oh, it's okay to do what I know is wrong here because pastor's not around. I've been from church aren't around. And these people that I'm with, they don't care if I participate. But God cares. I'm telling you, being a Christian, you're going to have moments of being lonely. You're going to be, if you're a Christ follower and you're serious, there will be times where the whole group will be looking at you like you're some nut. If you don't get that, you're not doing it right. They, they see, they, they, they all want to do one thing and you are just completely opposite. And they can tell that. You don't laugh at the same jokes. You don't say this, speak the same way they do. Sometimes they, they get it, sometimes they don't. A what? No, it, it's not a sin. That's the point I'm making, bud. We want to be like God. We don't like follow people. Yes. You don't want to follow the crowd. See, the people in Tyre, they were participating in other sins. They were, they were going along with it. And God held them accountable. Sometimes you're going to take a stand and say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do no matter what. Yeah. Therefore, I will, I think I already read this, therefore I will send fire as well as Tyre and, and it will consume its citadel, so Tyre will get destroyed. Verse 11, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Edom for three crimes even four, because he pursued his brother with the sword, he stifled his compassion, his anger tore at them continually, and he harbored his rage incessantly. Now this is an interesting one. Yes. I'm sorry? No. I don't know, buddy. Maybe you need glasses. So, this one is interesting. It really kind of needs to start the story of Jacob and Esau, real quick. Jacob and Esau were brothers, and Jacob tricked Esau out of his inheritance. 
Jacob was a liar and a thief. And he tricked Esau out of his inheritance. And Esau wanted to kill him. And planned on it. The next time he saw him, he was going to kill him. And Jacob, during that time when Jacob was running away from Esau, God got a hold of Jacob's heart and saved him and changed him and made him a new man. No more being a liar and a thief. And Jacob one day came upon Esau and Jacob was terrified. Right? He's worried that Esau is going to destroy, kill his wife and kids and, and, and just didn't know what. And so Jacob came to Esau humbly, asking for forgiveness, and Esau had forgiven him. Esau forgave Jacob for what he did to him. Now, why do I talk about that? Because the people of Edom were descendants of Esau. They were Esau's great, 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 great grandchildren. And Israel were descendants descendants of Jacob. So what this verse is telling us is that the descendant Esau may have forgiven Jacob, but evidently his descendants didn't. They harbored hatred and bitterness toward the people of Israel. There was a feud going on. You guys ever hear of the Hatfield McCoys? The Hatfield and McCoys. Hatfields and McCoys. You probably haven't, have you? It's been too long now. It, it, I'm sure there's a movie about it, yes. It was the most infamous feud between two families in American history. Lots of people died. Two families going to war with each other. I think it all started with a stolen pig, didn't it? I think it started. Anyways, I, I met a Hatfield. There was a guy that was in my, I worked with in the military, and he was a descendant of those Hatfields. But this was a feud going on. The, the Edomites hated Israelites because, probably because, it doesn't say, but they, they sure didn't like them. It was probably because of what Jacob did to Esau. And so they mistreated them. And God held them accountable. He judged them for that. So don't kid yourself. God will judge if we harbor resentment. If we're, if we're unforgiving. If we did not follow Esau's example. I had just recently, God showed me something in my heart. There was a guy in the military that I haven't talked to in many, many years. And he did something to me that was not cool at all. And I was very angry with him at the time. I was very angry about it. Well, a, a week or a couple weeks ago, he sent me a friend request on Facebook. And my first thought was, yeah, right. And I thought, now why did I think that? I realized I had never actually, I didn't think about it, but I had never actually forgiven him for what he did to me. And so I had to come to God, I'm sorry for being unforgiving. I forgive him for what he did. Not yet. I'm sorry? 
if he if he asks. It's when when it comes to forgiveness, um, it's better if they bring it up. Yeah, yeah. So. Verse 12, therefore I'll send fire against ten men and I'll consume the citadels of Bozra. And we got verse 13, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing the Ammonites for three crimes, even four, because they ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to enlarge their territory. Therefore I will set fire to the walls of Rabbah, who will consume its citadels, and be shouting on the day of battle, and a violent wind on the day of the storm. Their king and his princes will go into exile together. Now this, the Lord has spoken. And we see this actually happen 200 years later, and Ezekiel, the prophet, writes about it in, in chapter 25. The first four verses of chapter 25 of Ezekiel writes about the people getting destroyed. They were so cruel. I don't even need to explain that, right? I think they killed pregnant women and their children. We need not to kid ourselves. If our country continues in the path that it's going, God is going to judge our country. Our history of harming innocents. When we're in a situation just recently, uh, you know, a while back, someone, a whistleblower, put out videos that showed Planned Parenthood was selling body parts. And now that whistleblower is actually going to jail. California had found a way to send that person to jail. Yeah. That, uh, and, 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 and not long ago, in New York, the other side of the country, they passed a bill that allowed basically infanticide. After a child is born, you can still kill it. And they were applauding. Woo, you can probably see that video. They were so excited and happy. Don't be fooled. Planned Parenthood, the woman who started Planned Parenthood was an absolute racist. She hated people who weren't white. And she started, she started Planned Parenthood as a way to kill those who are not white. To put a Muslim in the United States? Muslim? I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. So.
As I'm reading these judgments, and we have more to go, and this is just the first chapter of Amos, one, one uh, verse comes to mind. I'm going to close with that. It was by a contemporary of Amos, another prophet by the name of Micah, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Mankind, he has told you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To live justly, to act, uh, to, 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 love, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. All of the sins that I've mentioned today, they violate that, don't they? If we all to strive to, to act with justice, to be fair to others, to, to love mercy, to be, love be merciful to, the, to everybody, even those who don't deserve mercy, and to walk humbly. God, I don't know anything. I'm not that bright. I don't have that much wisdom. I don't know what to do next. I need your help, God. If we just have that attitude, we will go so far in life. I encourage, I challenge you this week to do just that. Let us stand. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at ServantsHeartChapel at gmail.com. Also, we have a website, ServantsHeartChapel.org. Um, we also have a Facebook page, so you're welcome to check us out. I'd love to hear from you, prayer requests, anything you may need. We are here for you. Have a wonderful and blessed day.